Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Utah Grizzlies in action as well. So a busy weekend in the sports world as far as as locally goes. Um, but I'm still kind of recovering from last Sunday, Braden. Tiger Woods in the Masters. We haven't been able to talk about it yet on Sports Saturday, so we're going to do that uh, right here in the first segment. How about that, man? I remember just like that that day in, in particular, just kind of constantly updating my phone, making sure that I knew what was going on. And because I was fairly busy Saturday and I, under, I, I was keeping tabs where Tiger was. Knowing that he was going into Sunday with the chance to win, not only to win, but to come back and win was the kind of like the first time we've seen that in years that he's actually managed to pull it off. So it was really entertaining to watch. Uh, no doubt it was entertaining. I, I think the whole world was kind of tuned in for a moment there, at least at the very end. I woke up early to watch um, Master Sunday. They they had a, a little bit of a weather scare. So teeing off early in the morning, and, and I think that's the first time I've I've set my alarm to get up to watch a golf tournament early on. Um, and, the, and then the way he did it, I mean, Tiger just destroyed that course. I mean, he he not only had this big reality TV moment where, you know, he comes back and wins the Masters, but his golf game is really good right now. And, and, and watching him, you know, get his 15th major, I don't know how much the the guys on the last show talked about it. You can kind of chime in and, and let me know what they thought about it. But the guy's got a real chance at catching Jack. I think the way he's playing right now and the way he's been playing over the last year, there's no reason to believe he can't contend in in, in a couple finals or a couple majors down the road. I, I was talking with Jan this week, and they didn't mention much about it earlier today, but I was talking to Jan, and it's so important for the sport of golf to have a hero or a villain kind of type of depending on your perspective of Tiger Woods, because before Tiger and Tiger was uh, kind of in his down slump, nobody was really paying attention to golf as much when it was like kind of like five to 10 golfers that can win. But when you know that Tiger is like approaching that, that record, it just attracts people who don't necessarily watch golf and tuning in. And it just makes it a lot more entertaining, kind of like, the effect that Michael Phelps had on the Olympics all those years ago, like nobody cares about swimming, but the fact that somebody's going to break that record makes it a lot more entertaining to watch. Yeah, it's a guy who's he's a transcendent athlete and really changes the game. And I think as far as 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 mainstream golf goes, it goes as Tiger does. And you know when he's, I don't think golf needs him necessarily. You know, golf when he was not there for a, nearly a decade, golf was fine. Ratings were fine. People watched, but no one really was that invested, and and you didn't see things like you saw um, Tiger coming up the green, <laughs> just swarmed with people um, after he sinks the putt with his family. Just a really really cool situation, a a cool story, and 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 coming back from from the the fall from grace that he had, not only 
with the the drama outside of the golf course, uh, talking about you know his his issues with his marriage and, and and all that drama. But the fact that he came back from from where he was physically, three back surgeries, a back fusion. I don't know if many people know, but you literally fuse your vertebrae together. That doesn't that doesn't really give you a good recipe for being a good golfer again. And the fact that Tiger Woods was able to not only come back from his fall from grace publicly, but physically, I think is is just as impressive as anything. It was... I remember, like, through high school and stuff, because the last major one was in 2008, if, I'm, if I yeah, can. So I remember just in high school going through all my golfing friends that played golf through high school. They always said, like, oh, Tiger's going to come back. And I... Didn't ever believe them because, man, he was so far gone. I thought he was going to retire like five years ago. And the fact that he came back and then you started slowly seeing this wheels kind of turning to where you could see that, oh, he's coming back. You saw it with the last major uh, where he really was. in. The, he took second. Yeah. And yeah, he was there to compete all the way through. And it was, I don't know. I, I like, I'm a lukewarm golf fan. Like I've, I grew up playing PGA Tour Tiger Woods. So like. That kind of stuff. I like when players, there's a dominant force in a sport like this, so I can like watch, so I can root against him, or I can root root for him. And I think that with Tiger being back now, I think golf is in a, a lot better place than it was before. And, and Tiger is back. It's not just the Masters 2018. He has an opportunity to win double majors the way he's playing right now. He is he is he's on top of his game, and he's kind of refined his game to a point where he can go out there and compete with these guys that are half his age because he still has the distance, he still has the accuracy, and then as we saw on the back nine, he can still go out and, and win tournaments on shots that, you know, putting putting the ball a foot from the cup from from 200 yards out with the Masters on the line is it's just insane. He almost had one of the shots of, of really the century uh, back there on Sunday, but Really just an impressive performance, a cool story, and, and I look forward to for sure seeing what Tiger does uh, moving along because, yeah, we look forward and we've got another major here next month. Um, and there's really no reason to believe that he can't compete in, in not only that one, but several to go in the future. Um, I mean, he, He's the greatest golfer that's ever lived. You can make an argument that Jack had had as good of a career or maybe a better resume, but at Tiger's peak, you've never seen someone dominate a golf course and dominate a field like he's able to do. So fun to watch. It's obviously transcendent, and, and it obviously gets people to tune in. I know that the, the the Masters had a buzz around it this year that, I mean, last time there was a buzz like that around it was probably last time Tiger was in contention. So, like you said, he means a lot to the game. He means a lot to the fans, and it's it's really good for the game and for the sport, for the PGA, to have Tiger on top of his game. What was your favorite part of, of Masters Weekend? What was your favorite? Obviously, the, the, the final, uh, the ending was pretty cool, but I think the whole weekend kind of led up to a, a cool point as well. I I enjoyed watching the State of Utah kind of back up Tony Finau. I I know his cousin, so I kind of have a like a, a connection to him. Like I, I so I was obviously rooting for him to to get that to get that master for the state of Utah. I think that'd have been really cool. 
Uh, my other favorite moment uh, would have to be the moment where Tiger met with his son after he he was he won because and then they did like some uh, on ESPN they showed like a, a comparison to when Tiger won his first Masters with his with his dad and he hugged hugged his dad and then like all these years later after his dad passed away and it was his dad's favorite tournament the Masters so and then you see Tiger's son just run up to him because they've never seen him win a win a tournament so they're ten they're ten eleven years old yeah so that was that was really cool to see so. I think uh, Tony Finau, uh, the state of Utah, kind of backing him up. And then, obviously, that kind of the sentimental moment between Tiger and his kids. Yeah, we can't forget about Tony Finau, the local guy who, uh, he's he's been in contention for a lot of majors. Hasn't got one yet. Uh, I think we're on the horizon. Tony's going to get one of those. He's too good of a golfer, and sometimes... Uh, he just has has some situations that kind of pull him away at the end. I th- I know we we saw him last year struggle with that uh, dislocated ankle. Even though he played Rough. really he played really well in the Masters after doing that, which was impressive in and of itself. And then this year he comes out and and really you know puts his his mark on the game. And it wasn't until Sunday that he kind of dropped off and and one it was of these his days, to win. Yeah, it really was. He had he had the lead at one point. Um, I think it was nine under. He was the solo leader. Uh, Tony Tony's an amazing golfer. Who he's got he's got tools that a lot of guys don't have, and he's got the distance. Um, he he he's gonna get one. He's gonna get one of these majors in the near future. And like you said, everyone here in Utah is gonna rejoice because they can seem they seem to be able to really get behind Tony Finau. Uh, Tony, a Ute fan, always see him on the sidelines at the Utes games. He's a really good dude, and and I actually did a little bit of of kind of faux caddying for him uh, a couple years ago up at Tuhay Golf Course where I used to work. He uh, he came and, and was just doing pretty much practice rounds. Uh, it's a pretty tough course, so so a lot of the tour guys like to go up there and, and just get practice rounds in, and he sat on the range with me and chatted for close to an hour and just super cool dude super down to earth you would never really realize that he's a, a professional athlete because he just treats you like another guy Tony Finau uh, really happy for him for competing in the Masters still even though he didn't get the win doesn't still have a major win uh, he's going to get one and and as we talked about earlier Tiger finally got one I think we got a sound bite uh ready for that i just wanted to play this just to relive it relive tiger woods winning the masters 2019 his 15th major and his first one in over a decade tiger woods win the masters you know a lot has transpired you know um the the body the game life it just all uh, evolves and all you know moves forward and so uh, I just remember standing on that, that 17th today, 17th tee today, knowing that I had a two-shot lead at the time. Well, I was in that same position in 05, had a two-shot lead with two to go, and I went bogey, bogey. Uh, let's not let's not do that here. Let's pipe this ball down the fairway, which I was able to do. Um, put it up on the green, and you know, fortunate that you know Brooksy went went par par. Fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Brooks Kepka really did come on late and and made it interesting but tiger 
Tiger was so good throughout the the course of the weekend that he didn't need to, you know, he he got to the 18th green with pretty much a a Masters green jacket in the pocket already because he all he needed to do was two putt from about 12 feet out, and obviously that was no problem. Uh, but that's been his his drawback is his putting game over the last yeah. few years. So I mean. I was confident he was going to finish it off, but you couldn't ever be too sure because last few years that's been his like one drawback is that everything's been getting back up to where he's you know normal Tiger except for his putting game, which used to be his strongest his strongest talent in my opinion. And, and even in the Masters this year, even going thirteen under and and having a comfortable lead going into the last hole, he he left a lot of shots on the table. That shows you how good Tiger Woods was throughout the course of the weekend because. Thursday and Friday, he missed. I don't. I don't want to say ten, but he missed five or six putts that that he ended up having to two putt that were were well within his range and well within what he could do. And then we saw him really start to to wake up that putter on Saturday and Sunday. The uh, I'm forgetting which hole it was, but it was about 55 feet out, and he was on the fringe pretty much, and he he putted it six inches from the hole. Uh, that one, if he if he would have dropped that putt. On, on the back nine, um, that would have been the greatest putt in Masters history. And I, it, it still might have been, even though he didn't put it in. I think the fact that this was the Masters and it was Tiger's first coming out party, like winning, I can't pit, paint a pit, better picture for, for him. It's, it's like, like, I would imagine like a player in the Super Bowl... Like being injured forever, and he's finally back. This is his first game, and he comes out. Like if Tom Brady got hurt next year, and then was hurt all all season long, but then he came back for the Super Bowl and like performed well, and then won the Patriots another Super Bowl. I think that kind of be akin to what Tiger did. The fact that he was able to compete on the biggest stage of golf is incredible to me. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's hard to find comparisons like that. Like if you were to go to find a football equivalent or something, because golf is a sport where it, it's so individually focused. Obviously, it's you versus the course. And, and I think the most impressive part for this for me is the fact that Tiger, yeah, he was obviously head and shoulders a bit better than most of the golfers on the planet during the early part of his career. I mean, he was winning he was winning major championships by double digit strokes. We haven't seen that by anyone anywhere, and we probably won't for a long time. Now, Tiger's facing a bunch of guys that he kind of created, a bunch of guys who grew up watching Tiger Woods dominate those tournaments, and these guys are capable of going out and shooting 15 under. Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, all these guys who who have this freakishly freak, freak talent and are also just ridiculous athletes. And Tiger kind of created this new era of of golfer who comes out and c- can compete with him. The fact that he can go out and beat them now, whew, after after three back surgeries, after almost a decade off of the tour, uh it's it's really impressive and it goes it goes to show not only how talented he is, but how how much he's able to put in the work and how really dedicated he is to to his craft. I was talking to Jan Brownstein, our local golf expert here at the station, and she was her and I were talking about just how old Tiger really looked at the end of the Masters. He, you know, because when he was coming up, he was the the athlete of 
of golf. You know, he he was the chiseled body. Not many people saw that with golfers, and now you're seeing a lot more people take into account yeah. what he kind of engineered, just taking care of your body, working out and stuff like that. So a lot more athletes are playing golf because of Tiger. Well, and, and it's a different way to go about golf because, yeah, I'm not going to lie. My favorite round of golf is when my feet are kicked up on a cart, got a beer in the in the in the cup holder, cigar hanging on the <laughs> on the rack, whatever it may be. At the end of the day, that's not how you be a a professional golfer and that's not the best way to have a a career with some sort of longevity. Uh you know, you see it with with the older guys in the in the PGA, a lot of shorter careers, uh a lot of chunkier guys if you want to say and now you're seeing kind of and it goes goes hand in hand with all sports people are figuring out as science and and technology and medicine develop uh people are are really able to fine-tune their bodies and specify their bodies towards a specific sport and you're seeing that with golf and yeah i think like you said it was kind of brought along by tiger woods uh but i think looking at how old he looked at the masters it, it was crazy because we we saw tiger woods as a i mean i didn't but as far as as the golf world did the golf world saw tiger woods as a little kid like a baby out there just basically going viral before the viral world uh with with you know on talk shows and whatnot and for him to not only live up to that you know as a as a two three year old kid who's on on national television just because he can make putts, uh, to see him live up to it, and then and then actually become probably the greatest golfer ever, that's crazy to me. Having those kind of expectations and and that kind of uh, upbringing and then actually going through with it, it makes you wonder who had more pressure growing up, was either Tiger Woods or LeBron James. I want to say LeBron just because. Yeah, it's more eyes on him, but still, the you were talking about the the singular aspect of golf is it is all on you. Whereas basketball, you can kind of trade off for, and people can help you out that way. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting one to look at because you 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 have guys that are kind of phenoms like that. Zion Williamson, the the, the latest one, but LeBron James, when he was thirteen years old, he was a, a becoming a national. Uh, name and a, a name brand and and he people, was selling out basketball courts at 13 yeah and not only that he was out there kicking the crap out of 18 year olds and guys who were a lot bigger than him uh lebron lebron's one of those guys um you know and, and seeing seeing him pretty much do the same thing you know he comes out and, and becomes one of the greatest players of all time uh it, it's really amazing to see someone like that with that kind of pressure and those kind of expectations to come out and actually fulfill them. Um, but at the end of the day, like we talked about, seeing Tiger win the Masters again was one of the greatest moments in golf for me, probably the greatest moment in golf for me, and, and I'm hoping to see a few more in the future. Yeah, and I, I would love for Tiger to win or pass Jack. I would I want to hold reservations on that just because I haven't seen Tiger consistently win in 11 years so i'm hoping that he can pull this off i'm he's got three more can he get three more left in the bag i have no idea because like we said he's kind of looking on the up he's 43 years old kind of on the other end of of where you're supposed to be the top level of uh 
like to compete in golf. So I'm hoping to to see Tiger just get another run of of majors. But I I have no I can't I wouldn't bet on it if I if I could. I would, and I'm going to. Good. <laughs> um, Do it. For it, me. it may be a little bit of my bias just because I'm a huge Tiger fan and have been growing up, but uh, the way he's been playing over the last not only just this this month and winning the Masters, but uh, competing in the prior two majors. And you see him just get better and better week in, week out. Um, I think there's no reason to believe he won't compete and, and contend in at least five more majors over the course of his career. And when you look at it, golf isn't, you know, it's it's not basketball. You don't have to be 29 years old and in, in the prime shape of your life to win a tournament. You just have to be on top of your game and hitting your shots and, and playing the course and, and I think strong mentally more so even than physically because you know you can you can play a round of golf and, and be hurting and still come away with a good scorecard. If you have that issue in basketball, it may not be uh, the same case with Tiger. Yeah, I think he's going to get some more majors. I hope he does. Um, it, it takes me back to 1998. I think it was Mark O'Meara, who is a he's a Utah guy. He's he was my former boss up at Tuhay, like I mentioned. He got his first Masters, his first major win when he was forty six years old, and and he did it in the prime of Tiger Woods' career. That was the cool part, and and I don't know if we've talked about this on 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 Sports Saturday before, but Mark is a a good friend of mine. I'm I'm hoping we should have I should have seen if we could, he could join us today because we're kind of short on on stuff to talk about as far as that goes. But Mark O'Meara is the 98 Masters Championship champion. Uh, good buddy of mine, former boss, and he he actually let me wear his green jacket once. Can you believe that? Wow. That's... I, I put it on. Snug what? fit. And did you... You didn't ruin it, did you? I didn't. Okay. Uh, it was a little big for me, so I had to give it back. Uh, but... It's a nice jacket. They're actually comfortable. I would hope it's a nice jacket. <laughs> They're actually pretty comfortable. If if it was a bad jacket that is really uncomfortable, I feel like that would kind of miss the purpose. I mean, do they even wear them outside of like wearing them on the Masters? Or like, if I won the Masters, I honestly would wear that to church every Sunday and right? whenever like had a formal outing. I was just like, oh, did you win? Did you know that I won the Masters? Like, but that's because I'm. Uh, I'm very uh, in my head. And yeah, people I'm, I'm sure. Like I'm sure it just depends on the golfer. In, in Mark's case, he doesn't. It's hanging in his house, and he doesn't wear it very often. I'm sure if there's a really special event or when he goes back to Augusta, he does wear it. Uh, but other than that, it, it kind of stays hang hung up and 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 in its place. Um, but but like I was saying, I mean, he he was 46 years old when he won that Masters, and he did it the year after Tiger won his first. So Tiger won his Masters, and then Mark O'Meara came back and said, "All right, kid," who and then they were they were good friends, playing partners for a long time at that point. All right, now it's my turn, and, and the old guy went and got his. I think that was a super cool one as well. Um, talking about Masters for the whole first segment of the show, I like it. Yeah, and to kind of close it out, I just we were talking about like how more athletic these players are and in sports wide we're living in a in a general like renaissance of athletes everyone's better than they were 20 years ago and you're seeing the level of competition kind of rise up so i think that's going to be a little bit more difficult for tiger just because the younger crowd is going to be a little bit more tougher competition than probably that was in 1998 but you know tiger he's got the the mental over a lot of these kids so we'll we'll see but i i hope 
to see history. I like seeing and uh, seeing it happen, but I I want to see him win another one before I get all on the the bandwagon. I I completely agree with you there. It's going to be tough. It's going only going to get tougher. We saw it uh, this weekend. We saw those young guys kind of leading the charge, trying to catch Tiger. And you mentioned that mental aspect that he's got over him. I think you saw that on Sunday when he won the Masters. Francesco Melinari uh, really struggled down the home stretch. Guys that were playing with him and had chances to win that tournament really fell apart at the end. And I think a lot of it had to do with the pressure of playing with Tiger Woods, having that crowd behind you and all that. Uh, it's got to be a pretty crazy experience for a golfer to experience that. Yeah, and it's it's going to be fun to see just as how these these new upcoming golfers react. We've seen a lot of guys just kind of really take control of what Tiger the mantle Tiger left off, but never really run with Isa Rory, have it for a couple of years, and then just kind of disappear. Whereas I I want Tiger to grab this mantle and just run for it as long as he can as long as he can. But we see a lot more talented younger guys right now, so maybe we'll see someone else rise up and take that mantle back. But right now it's Tigers, and he can run with it. Tiger Woods wins the Masters in 2019, and it was so good that we're still talking about it a week later. We'll talk more uh, more sports on Saturday here on the next segment. Utah Jazz in the playoffs, Utah Spring Football wraps up, and a whole lot more right here on Sports Saturday on ESPN 700. Is a burning thing, and it makes a fiery ring bound by wild desire. Welcome back into Sports Saturday here on ESPN 700. Braden bringing the fire with Johnny Cash. Did you know I was a big Johnny Cash fan, Brian? I I uh, could imagine everyone's a big Johnny Cash fan. Right? I would hope so, but but. Not like me. Not like you. Do you have <laughs> records hanging up in your wall? I, I actually, I do. I've, I've got vinyls on the wall, vinyls playing. Uh, I don't, I don't listen to much music that's that's newer than like nineteen seventy. Yeah, 70s, <laughs> 80s is is about as modern as it really gets. Honestly, see, I grew up. My grandpa had vinyl records of of Johnny Cash. So whenever I go to his house, he'd play them on on his record player. So that song is always a uh, a fun song for me to listen, and it's an homage to. Uh, what what's happening with Utah Jazz right now too? Yeah, the the Ring of Fire uh, is is something you kind of run into when you play the Houston Rockets. Uh, oh. It's it's a burning thing. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a slow burn that I think everyone in the stadium. I'm curious how the game is tonight, where the like local support, and I wonder if it's going to remain sold out or if fans are just kind of done with you the Houston Rockets right now. Well, it, it's it's understandable because you come into a, a matchup with you could argue the second best team in the league after winning fifty games, and, and it it can be a little deflating because you know the the Rockets fall to the four seed in crazy circumstances at the end of the season, and, and the Jazz get them. But the at the end of the day, you got to pick, you got to play who's in front of you, and, and you know you can't worry about seeding. Uh, I guess you could could have tanked a little bit at the end like the Nuggets and, and, and tried to get a better spot. Um, that's not the Jazz MO, and I, I wouldn't expect them to ever do that. But 
you know, looking at this matchup, it really is probably the worst matchup schematically that the Jazz could have hoped for, not only in, you know, the, the, the seating around them, yeah. but really the whole league. Yeah. And, and it's it's tough because not only is Houston really tough to stop offensively, but they're a smart team. They they run a, a system defense that they know, you know, it's it's middle of the road as far as statistically goes, but with the pace that they play at, and the amount of possessions that they get in in a, in a game, uh, their defense is really effective. And and Houston overall is just a, a tough matchup, not only for the Jazz, but I think, he, and even though he's been the best player in the series, probably I think Rudy Gobert is is in a matchup that's the one that is it's the least favorable for him as far as his matchups around the league go. He's playing his alter ego in the league, which is an issue because Rudy does a good job at limiting. The offensive, the offensive talent of the other of the other big guys. Whereas the, the Rockets, Capella isn't much of an offensive threat. He's a lot like Rudy, where he most of his points are putbacks and dunks. And now that you're seeing somebody who can equal what Rudy can do, especially in the playoffs, I don't think uh, Capella does much as as Rudy can do in the in the regular season. But in the playoffs against Rudy, he eliminates him. And kind of makes his his impact not as efficient as as he has been throughout the regular season and against lesser big men. Yeah, he he for sure minimizes uh, Rudy's impact. But that being said, uh, give a lot of credit to Rudy Gobert because he's been a lot more e- effective uh, in this series than I think he was against the Rockets last time out. That I think true, yes. I think he was really neutralized by Clint Capella last time. Um, he's been able to guard the perimeter a little bit better and and offensively. Uh, Rudy's been and been better as well. Game three is going to be interesting because you come in down 2-0, but you got a fresh start. You got a clean slate, and you have two games at home in your own arena. If you're the Jazz, you have to be able to get up for that. Um, and you saw what happened yesterday with the the Thunder. I mean, they yeah. were they were basically eliminated after game two, and they come in and went, steal game three back, and now they have life. And going into game four. I wouldn't be surprised if the Thunder even it up. So if the Jazz can come in tonight with a little bit more of uh, kind of an aggressive identity and a little bit more their defensive mindset come back, I wouldn't be surprised if they steal game three back and then we're back to a square one. We're like, hey, okay, now we can play on game four. Let's get game four and then even the series back out. Well, that's how quickly things can change. One game really can change everything when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, I think coming back against a Rockets team is a, a little bit different animal than coming back against a Portland team, especially when it's either, you know, when you look at the Jazz coming back versus the Thunder coming back. The Thunder are a team with two perennial superstars, uh, a a center who, to me, is is the only guy in the NBA who, who kind of affects the game defensively as much as, as Rudy Gobert and, and, and on the boards in Steven Adams. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. Uh, so Thunder coming back on Portland is a little bit different animal than the Jazz coming trying to come back on Houston. I think it's it's a lot taller task. That's obvious. Um, but there are things that you can do if you're Utah to try and to jumpstart this. And like I said, you're back at home. You have two games in Vivint Smart Home Arena, and you're down 2-0. If you can come in with the mindset, hey, let's just win these two games however we can do it. And, and that's the thing is 
it's it's more than just playing hard. I know you you've seen Donovan Mitchell's comments uh, recently. He talks about just playing harder. That's kind of simplifying it. I understand what Donovan's saying, and I know that he's kind of got to keep you know a a PR aspect on it. But it's more than just playing hard. It's also the fact that you're going up against James Harden, Chris Paul, uh, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon. Like This is a really well-built roster in Houston, and, and it's more than just playing hard. It's, it's the fact that you're going up against a team that's genuinely just built to contend for a championship. And they've done it the right way. Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni, I think, have not only built the roster well, but they've fit the pieces and, and fit the schematics well in order to go with that roster. And it's really, really tough to beat. We'll see how they how they react tonight um, and see what the game plan is. Do you think uh, Utah tries anything different defensively? What do you think goes on goes on next in Game Three? I think that they have to try something defensively. I mean, the way that they kind of, they were taking what they learned from the Milwaukee Bucks a few weeks ago where Giannis and the the rest of the, the Bucks defense shaded to Harden's left to make sure that he was forced to go right. The Jazz are trying to do that with, uh, with Ricky and it's not working. I mean, I, I would suggest going back to what we do best and match up. Almost let Harden get his because everyone else is kicking our butt. And I think that if if we let kind of Harden dictate, let him go for what he's like, go for 40. Because last the last few times that we've played the, the Rockets and he's gotten like 40, 45. It's been a close game. It's been close. Yeah. And so I think that that's the, the idea for the Jazz to go forward right now. And I don't know. It's they're such a talented team. I remember when when they when they pegged the Rockets I was really just disappointed because I knew that was outside of like landing the Warriors that was the one team I knew that was gonna be the toughest matchup for the Jazz in this series in the in the playoffs and it's not like we're the last two years where I like the Clippers I was like okay like I can see us beating them we're we're a lot more better than a lot a lot of people give us credit for and then even last year with the Thunder they might have swept us throughout the year but I still felt like we had a chance to to beat the Rockets I mean the Thunder Whereas this season, uh, it's just been the Rockets have been so dominant all year against us. So it's it's been, it's it's really disheartening to see to see right now. I I want the Jazz to come with a little bit more fire. I want Joe Ingles to come back in this series at some point because last year you saw him just in Paul George's ear the entire time. We're not seeing that at all, and I I wonder why that's the case. It's because they're down two zero. Well, but this uh, in game one he wasn't even even yeah. in in that fired up because game one against the thunder last year, Joe was just in Paul George's ear the entire game. And that was the game that Paul George scored like 40 plus against us. And he had no right to be in Paul George's ear, but you still saw the banter. Whereas Joe is kind of just taken back right now and just a little bit more relaxed, which I don't like. Cause I think he's really the key to us. He's, he starts the engine, him and Ricky are like, the two guys that I think if they're going, everyone else kind of follows suit. But right now, I'm just, I want to see the attitude for the Jazz come back. Yeah. I mean, well, Joe Ingles has been non existent in this series. He, it's plain as that. He, he's been completely neutralized by 
what Houston does, and and that's to be expected for a guy who, you know, his style of game doesn't really cater to what, you know, what you what you have to do against Houston. Um, Got to knock down more three point shots. I'll tell you that <laughs> if you want to beat Houston, and Joe Ingles is a good guy to do that. So you want to see more from Joe. Uh, you want to see more animosity and some more grit from the Jazz. I think. And I think I agree with you defensively. I think you have to try something different. I don't think you can just give James Harden a a open lane into the paint. I know you don't want to sh- have him shoot three-pointers a lot. You don't want to be giving him that step back three. But at the same time, all you're doing by letting him get to the middle is get his teammates going. And when you get his teammates going, when you get Clint Capella lobs, when you get P.J. Tucker and Eric Bledsoe open corner threes, that makes everything easier for James Harden. It really does. And, and you know, even if he's not scoring as much, uh, he's responsible for just as many points. Rockets have, have averaged 120 points in this playoff series, and that's, that's, those are regular season numbers. You don't, want, you don't want teams to be scoring 120 per on you in the playoffs. So the Jazz need to do something, need to figure something out ahead of Game 3 tonight. Uh, that one's at 8.30. We'll have po- sound, video, and, and analysis posted on ESPN700sports.com and coverage uh, as we go into the next week. So we'll be back to wrap this show up on the other side of this break. You're listening to Sports Saturday on ESPN 700. Good Friday night and welcome into Real Salt Lake Soccer here on ESPN 700. From Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio on the campus of the University of Cincinnati, it's Real Salt Lake and the expansion side, FC Cincinnati tonight. Glad you're with us. Bill Riley and Jane Nolly with you on a Friday night. Now back it comes, Bartone. Lama. Left-footed ball into the box. Header just wide. Oh, a beautiful ball, and Cruz missed by a foot. He was standing all by himself, Jay, at the penalty spot and headed it with the side of his head just wide of goal, and it's a goal kick for Putna. Hagelin trying to clear it. He can't do it. Into the box comes Corey Baird. Corey Baird, shot, big save. Follow, shot, goal! Rusnak, broken fingers and all, finds the back of the net. And it's one nothing. Real Salt Lake. Savarino has it back again for Real Salt Lake. He'll play it ahead. Into our first of three added. Here comes Corey Baird. Corey Baird is in and he's on. Baird leaves it for Rusnak. Albert on the doorstep. Back shot. Saved off the line. Baird one time. Saved off the line again. And a goal. It's a goal. Sam Johnson. The third time was the charm. And he puts it away. His second Major League Soccer goal. Safe sends it back in again. Middle of the six. Back post. Off the post. Shot. Save. And finally cleared by Sam Johnson. Albert top of the box for Savarino. Jefferson getting to his right foot. Kicked away by DePlant. Oh, wait a minute. They just pointed at the spot. That's going to be a penalty kick coming for AL Salt Lake. Savarino goes down. DePlan will be called for the foul in the box. And a PK coming here for the Claret and Cobalt. Rusnak approaching. Puts it away. It's 3-0 Real Salt Lake. They'll take it. Absolutely you will if you're Mike Petke. 
But I think that's a bad decision by the referee, Jay. If we're being very fair about this, it's a goal in the 59th minute. RSL turns it upfield the other way. Savarino running. He's got Rusnak wide. Albert, top of the box. Plays it back to Savarino. Turn, shoots. That's a good save by Richie. There's the whistle. 90 minutes of soccer played and a finale in Cincinnati. A dominant performance tonight by RSL. They dominated early and played well in the second half. Added a PK late and they win it 3-0. Real Salt Lake with the win over Cincinnati. They're finally getting back on track after a really rough start to the 2019 season. A 3-0 win against Cincinnati. Albert Rusnak, two goals, and Sam Johnson with a goal. A a 2-1 win over Orlando City last Saturday. And Real Salt Lake kind of finally getting back on track as they they try and right right the ship uh, on this 2019 season. ESPN 700 will be broadcasting live all day. Utah baseball getting going at 1 o'clock. They are down two games to O in this series against number 12, Arizona State. Um, BYU baseball has a game at 2 o'clock over on ESPN 960. Uh, and then tomorrow, a busy slate of games on, on, a, on ESPN 700 Sunday as you can watch or listen to NBA playoff basketball. The Celtics and Pacers get going and and NBA Playoff Sunday available right here on ESPN 700. You're listening to ESPN 700 on Utah's number one sports talk. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.